So we're over the halfway mark of the AFL season and we've got the contenders up the top, the pretenders down the bottom and a number of people shuffling for spots to get into the eight. We're going to go through that and a lot more other hot topics in this week's edition of Laces Out. So we're back again after a fantastic round 12 of AFL football here. I'm your host, Christopher Pepper, here for Laces Out. Um, number of teams have had the buys, so we've got a shortened round. Uh, the first of a number, actually it is the second of a number, due to the Gold Coast and Port Adelaide having their buy a number of weeks ago after the uh, Shanghai Dumplings Junket Tour a number of rounds ago. Uh, we're going to hit on a couple of the hot topics at the moment. Um... Where do we start? We can start with the Demons' performance and also Collingwood's performance on the main stage of Queen's Birthday. We can have a little bit of a chat about uh, Adelaide Crows and their slump over the last number of weeks. We could start with a number of the absolute smashings over the weekend, or we could even start on Friday night where Port Adelaide took out the Tigers there at the Adelaide Oven. It was a much new win there for the uh, Port Adelaide Power. Uh, my mate out there, Jamie Wallace, fist pump to your champ. Uh, he would have been wrapped with the performance. Tigers were only down one main man, which was uh, Dusty Martin, who was out with a bit of a calf, uh, calf complaint. And it was an interesting game. It was pretty much uh, a little bit of back and forth, but it always looked like uh, Port Adelaide were going to be in control of that entire game. And it was really exciting to see them take a win and also to see uh, the Tigers get a bit of a, um, a stumble in their, in their premiership defence. Is it going to hurt them too much? I, I don't think so. Um, they'll enjoy uh, the contest. I think they've been like a number of teams had a bit of an easier run over the last number of weeks. Um, and looking into this week, um, they've got the Cats down at uh, GMHBA Stadium. And it's good to see that they're going to be playing. Actually, no, it's incorrect. They're going to be playing at the MCG. So they're going to be getting back on their home deck, funny enough, in their away game. Yep, the Tigers are playing an away game at the MCG. But due to the size of those two crowds, you can understand why they're playing it down there. They're going to also have a couple of days break with the Friday to the Sunday mix as well too. So they're going to be looking to get back on their home deck. They've got a fantastic fantastic winning record there. But um, yeah, Port Adelaide, they had to do what they had to do. Uh, even with the uh, the Ollie Wine scenario during the week where they think he's going to stay, not sure if he's going to go. Things happening there. Port Adelaide, um, they're setting themselves up for a tilt in the back end of the season. They're a little bit like a number of the other teams that I'm going to talk about a little bit about today. Um, they are, they've got the Katy Perry syndrome, unfortunately. They are a little bit hot. They are a little bit cold. Um, we just don't know which one they're going to get. Uh, but at their home deck on the Adelaide Oval, uh, they are a formidable team to beat. So congratulations to them. I want to sort of step away from the football a little bit at the moment and talk about some of the, the big issues that are floating on and, and looking at it from my perspective. I think there's um, there's two teams that play themselves uh, in round 13. Uh, probably one of the biggest games that you are going to see uh, for the future of potentially one person and potentially one team is going to be 4.35 this Saturday afternoon at Metricon Stadium when the Gold Coast Suns take on the St Kilda Saints. You probably say that last week was an abomination for, for both teams, but for p- totally different reasons. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns... Scored a um, scored unfortunately a paltry twenty six points against the GWS Giants who flogged them, and there's nothing short of an absolute flogging there, to the tune of one hundred eight points. 
But I think the main thing is is that there doesn't seem to be light at the end of the tunnel. They have lost um, an absolute truckload of talent over the last couple of years. Just think of some of these names that have exited the doors from uh, the Gold Coast Suns when they first turned up. Dixon, Prestia, Caddy, O'Meara, Ablett. Like, there's five guns that have left. Um, Trent McKenzie's another one who's gone down. Uh, to, the, to the South Australian rounds. You know, there's five gun players. Nathan Ablett, he's gone. Campbell Brown, he's gone. Um, Jared Harbrow is only one of the, the first, and David Swallow are the only one, a uh, couple of the original ones still floating around. You know, I really feel sorry for Stewie Jew. You can just see that he is a brilliant coach in the making. He's held out for as long as possible to take on a job. He's taken on the Gold Coast Suns, but they, uh, they are they're very much going to be worried about. Uh, their captain, Tom Lynch, everybody knows that Tom Lynch is um, potentially leaving at the end of the year due to the fact that uh, his contract's up. Would he want to stay? I don't think he would want to. I can totally understand it, but where does it leave this team? There has been a history of clubs faltering up there in the Gold Coast, Gold Coast Strikers, um, in the um, in the A-League. You've also got the uh, Gold Coast Basketball is in the big success up there as well too. So they've had a number of things fall over in the years. It looks like the Gold Coast Suns, no matter how much AFL keep pumping into them, is going to be a, hole, uh, a ship with a hole in it. You can keep pumping out the water, but the hole's still there. Now, I know that they've tried to send up a few people, Mark Evans, Stuart Jew, to make a difference up there, but what that, what stage do we go? This is not going to work. Like, at least GWS are having some of that success, and they are retaining a number of their players. But at the moment, no one of a calibre, a high calibre, wants to be staying at the, the, the Gold Coast. And it's, it's a tragedy because... The whole purpose of expansion is to get the, to grow the grain, grow it, out, grow it out there in the markets. But maybe Gold Coast or Queensland itself was just some way that one team was enough. There's just not the the need for it. I think the NRL, funny enough, we bagged the NRL from an AFL perspective time and time and time again. But they've done one thing right, and they've only had one team in Melbourne, and that's the Melbourne Storm, and they've got everyone behind that. And I think the AFL should have looked at that. They, I don't know why they put that second team in there, um, also, from a Sydney perspective, I don't know why they had to put a second team in there because it does a couple of things. Also, dilutes the market, um, but it also dilutes the talent pool. And as you can see, you know, with a number of the changes that have happened to the game, a lot of congestion, which seems to be the biggest thing in a lot of people's minds at the moment. Um, the quality of the games aren't that flash. There's a lot more blowouts. There doesn't seem to be as much contest in terms of high-scoring, uh, exciting games being played. Maybe that's been a reason because we just don't have the talent to be able to execute the games like they did 10, 15 years ago. You know, if you think about it, you've got to get, you know, what is it, 40-odd players on a list? That's 80 extra players that you could spread out across the remaining 16 teams. There's a good mix, what, two, four, probably four, almost four players per team. So could you imagine people like... Um, Tom Lynch floating around at St Kilda? Or could you imagine someone like uh, Dylan Shill floating around at the Demons? Could you imagine someone like uh, Jeremy Cameron floating around um, in the four line causing havoc for the free battle Dockers? I just think that they went... Uh, I can understand where the AFL were looking and trying to get that growth in that area, but I just don't think it was going to... I just don't think at this stage it is working. GWS have still got a bit of attraction because they are winning. What's going to happen when they start losing? A lot of people are going to say that the, the interest is going to die out and it's going to make it hard for them. I think they're still in the, the bridesmaid phase, but the Gold Coast Suns have got some serious trouble. Once again, I do think I, they're run by like an absolute complete muppet. I can't remember. David Cochran, I think, is his name. He's an absolute muppet. If you heard some of his interviews over the last couple of years, you'd shake your head and you'd think he was the 
the guy who was the spruker for a Comedy Central um, show. He, he doesn't sound like a CEO of a club, and um, some major changes need to happen. Otherwise, you know, as fans of the game, we're not going to sustain it. No matter how much the AFL want to keep pushing it, the voice of the people will make the decision. And I think down the track, that decision will be made that they'll have to either relocate the Gold Coast Suns. I don't think they'll fold, but I could probably see them moving to Tassie. There's my call. The Tassie Suns, it'd be a bit of an oxymoron because the sun does not shine ever down in Tasmania. But you never know. So um, I would love to see them succeed for the players' perspective. I'd love to see it for the game's perspective. I'd love to see it for Stuart Juice's perspective, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Unfortunately, there's another club that's been floating around for a lot longer than... Um, the Gold Coast Suns, and only eight years ago made a grand final, which they pretty much lost by a kick. Um, if the ball didn't, could you imagine if that bounce of Stevie Milne in the original grand final had turned into a goal? Where would this club be now? But St Kilda, they have hit rock bottom. If anyone had a chance to have a look at the game on Saturday evening against Sydney, you would have seen a team that came out and dominated it from the word go. At quarter time, the Swans had a score of nine goals one. Now, there are teams that aren't even kicking nine goals for a game at the moment. Western Bulldogs are struggling. Gold Coast are struggling. They came out and absolutely smacked them. And, you know, the talk over the weekend was that St Kilda looked like witches' hats. Well, I think I've seen witches' hats move more than the St Kilda offense and defense on the weekend. Um... You know, if you look at Alan Richardson, you know, has he got a bit of a case like Mark Neald? Has he got a bit of the case like Brendan McCartney, where he he makes himself or he is a fantastic, brilliant assistant coach, but just cannot extract the most out of his players at the highest level possible? It was only a couple of seasons ago where Melbourne and St Kilda were the two teams that were looking to skyrocket through the um, through the atmosphere to break through the glass ceiling of the final eight and push towards um, you know, deep finals contention. And a lot of people said that St Kilda's list was a lot better than Melbourne's. What Melbourne went and did was they went back to the draft, they went back, they um, they went through a lot of pain, and trust me, I know I'm one of those supporters who's been through a lot of it, and the results are starting to come. We'll have a little bit of a chat about the Queen's birthday in a moment. But for St Kilda, it just seems to be getting worse, and it doesn't seem to be getting better. You know you can't you can't live off what you did a couple of weeks ago. Yes, they did um, pretty well against West Coast over there in Perth, where they were actually be able to get a few more goals in, score a little bit more. But there was none of that a week or so later. What does this team represent? What do they stand for? Did they get rid of Rewalt and Montagna a little bit too easy? Melbourne did it a number of years ago when they got rid of uh, James McDonald, the heart and soul of the team, one year earlier than they should have, and it actually set the club back. Quite a fair bit. And when I say quite a fair bit, I'm talking five, six, seven years. You need to have that older experience as you bring in the new people through. You can't make those mistakes. And I think St Kilda are going down that track. Um, they, they dropped uh, Billings on the weekend. He's going to have 53 in the VFL. Now, people are saying bring him back in, but what's that really going to do? He's had 53. Yeah, he's had a great game. But does that mean that he's going to come back and dominate a game at the highest level? I don't think he will. You know, I'm watching passages of play at the moment, and there's five, six, seven Swans players congesting around the ball, and St Kilda players, Swans players were just able to um, weave in and out and pick them off as they go. Callum Sinclair was having a, a party out there at the moment, and we all know Callum Sinclair is, is a good player, but you wouldn't say he's a dominating player, but 
he made um, so the Saints made him look like a Rolls Royce of the AFL on the weekend. So they are in a rut, and you know they're saying that Alan Richardson will get the chop. Hey, I don't want to see anyone get sacked, but if you sack him now, is it going to make any difference? I, I don't know. It's halfway through the season. You're going to get somebody to come back in. Aaron Hannibal's the person that you're going to be looking at. But, you know, Saints supporters, you know, give me a comment. Leave me some feedback. Is it going to happen? Would you like to see him out there? I've got my mates, uh, some of the Caruso boys, who I'm quite uh, quite close with uh, from a football perspective. You know, they don't rate him. Um, I've got my mate, uh, Christy Osborne, loves her Saints, probably be saying the same thing. They just want to see the best for the club. But I don't think it's going to make much of a difference because you're still going to be having the same cattle. It's just going to be a different voice. Now, these are full-time professionals. They should be able to, to, to go out fully intrigued for every game, ready to go, ready to rock and do their best thing. And that was nothing short of deplorable. It was funny. You would have said that the Swans actually clicked into pretty much, instead of going at you know, six speed, going all the way down to fourth after quarter time because they kicked nine goals in the first and only kicked 10 for the remaining three. So St Kilda, mate, you're going to get to go through some pain. Uh, a lot of pain, a lot of pain, and I ain't going to be seeing it going to be getting better for the next few weeks. So um, I'd love to hear what you're thinking out there, listeners. But you have to say the Swans were magnificent in the way that they approached the game. They're just doing what they have to do. They're winning the games that they need to win, uh, and they're going to be setting themselves up for some epic games as we come up. Um, and they've got a big one this week, I believe. Yes, they have the Eagles at the SCG, which is interesting because West Coast are playing well away from home and the Swans aren't doing that flash at all. So that is going to be a bumper this Friday night. So grab your fish and chips, grab your six-pack of beverages and sit back and enjoy an absolute belter of a game. There was a game yesterday, which was the uh, Freeze MND4, Neil Danaher, and his fight uh, against the beast that is known as MND, otherwise known as the Queen's Birthday game. Now, my team turned up, and everybody knows, um, if you don't know, listeners out there, I am a majorly passionate Melbourne supporter. Um, we just won six in a row, so you'd think we were confident going in. Well, there was probably 17 uh, other clubs that thought that, but if you're a Melbourne supporter, you can never be confident. And I actually went in a lot more nervous yesterday than I have in a number of weeks leading up. When we were in front of the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago, I were behind the Bulldogs by a number of goals. I didn't worry about it. When we were about four goals behind, uh, excuse me, you're there, four goals behind North Melbourne uh, earlier in the season, wasn't too worried. We were five goals down against Collingwood at one stage early in the first quarter. It was already over. You know, we struggle on the big stage, and it really frustrates us. We we can't, we do not handle the pressure of being, funny enough, a favourite. Yes, a favourite in a game. We struggle big time. The leading goal kicker outside of Tommy McDonald for the D's was a uh, close to seven-foot American who's only been playing the game a couple of years ago, Mason Giant Cox. He's, he has destroyed us. Now, that is nothing short of embarrassing. A guy who likes to go around and ride the cowboys if you know what I mean, destroyed the demons on their home deck, on their home game, in a game that means more than anything to them virtually in every season. And I am sick to death of it being called our grand final. Our grand final is the last weekend in September. And we haven't played one of those since the year 2000 where we got smashed by the Essendon scum or Essendon, depending if you like them or not. That's our grand final. We we should have built ourselves up. Too many passengers. It was actually if um, Mark Neal once said this was the reality bus turned up. That was the was that the real Melbourne? 
Eminem probably said it better. Would the real Melbourne Demons please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Because I don't know what I'm getting. Six great wins. Are we flat track bullies? We come with a bit of pressure. Um, 40 point loss that week. Smashed by the Hawks. Smashed by Richmond. It seems to be that 40 plus margin, which we didn't do last year, but now it seems to be creeping in. So we're smashing teams we should, and we're getting smashed by teams that we shouldn't. We've got our buy this weekend, and it's probably what we've needed to take a break over everything. They haven't really been firing since the game in Adelaide. Um, oh, sorry, it's the game against Adelaide in the Northern Territory. And what I fear is that we have another game coming up. And what will happen is, is that we will be playing Fremantle up in uh, the Northern Territory again, and then having to come back and play the Doggies the week after. Don't be surprised if we drop that one. So I'm telling you, early early tippers, if you like a bit of a, a fluffer or a bit of a flutter, sorry, depending, wrong industry, get a couple of dollars on the doggies to beat the Ds the week after they come back from Darwin because that's the hotter game upstairs um, in Darwin itself and they're going to be absolutely rooted the week after. But they had no pressure yesterday. Um, some of the mistakes that they made, now I'm not putting anything shy of Collingwood, they were brilliant they counteracted everything that Melbourne had done over the last number of weeks. Um, they used our weaknesses to their advantage. Their speed on the outside was brilliant. They kicked it long to the big fella. He was popping marks left, right, and center. They used the speed across halfback with Vince and Lewis, just too slow. And one of the smartest things that they did was that they stood. They didn't. They let one or two people go in, let the Melbourne guys create the ring of rosy around the initial contest, and then stayed a little bit outside from there. Because they knew that if Melbourne would got the ball, because they are brilliant from the clearance side of things, that they would spread out beautifully uh, and be able to corral that. But also, they knew that if they got the ball with their leg speed, they'd be able to spread from the contest and Melbourne would be able to keep up with them at showed yesterday. And one of the strange things that Melbourne haven't done for a while is, is that earlier on in the season, they were pushing the backmen were pushing too far up the ground and teams were kicking straight over their head and running into open goals. It happened against Hawthorne, it happened against North. The last number of weeks, what happened was that they had that drop back uh, against Adelaide. They did it brilliantly. Uh, unfortunately, when Lever went down, um, that was another another opportunity for them. Um, they also did it against St Kilda as well. They also did it against Carlton, where they didn't push too many too too many forward, uh, especially from the back side of things. So when uh, opposition was running towards their forward line, they would see uh, a row of Melbourne players down back, and they had to pull up the ball. Unfortunately, this time, all they had to do was kick it basically straight over the Melbourne player's head and outrun them and outgun them, and that's what they did. Uh, and we also knew that, you know, once they were five goals up, we were no way of pegging that back. Um, maybe they've been on a high for six weeks and they've just been absolutely stuffed. Um, I think as, as supporters here, I don't think we give footballers enough credit. I think we say, oh, they're full-time. They should be able to rest up. They've got all the re- recuperation in the world. They've got all the um, science behind them to be able to do whatever they want and get fit and uh, recovery. But still, what it takes it out of you, no matter how much um, you know, 21st century um, recovery you have, it is still going to take it out of you. And they've been up for six weeks. And unfortunately, it happened on um, Neil's big day. Um, and yeah, it was really, really disappointing to see. But you know what, Collingwood, um, if you had said to me at the start of the year, they'd be sitting virtually, this, or virtually where Melbourne are right now, I would have said, mate, you got Buckley's and none. No pun intended. But their uh, last number of weeks have, have been brilliant, and it looks like they've been able to gel. Everything that we, they weren't doing at the start of the year has now come into fruition. Fortunately, finals and grand finals are not won in June. They're won in September. 
So I'm hoping that maybe it was a reality check um, that the demons are going to bank uh, and realize that you know just one week off is can be detrimental. Like we say, the the, the season is too far, or too long. Every week, especially for that top end, and because of the way that the final eight is at the moment, how um, congested it is, every game is an eight point game. Melbourne was sitting. Melbourne was sitting third. If they'd won yesterday, they'd be sitting second. They've lost. They've gone down to fifth. That is how tight that tight eight is. They haven't got the easiest run of these over the next number of weeks. They've got uh, Port Adelaide. Uh, then they also then float into uh, playing against after the Port Adelaide game. They're floating against. Uh, the Saints at the G, so that you think that they would win that, and you'd also think that they would take it out against um, Frio, but that's at TIO Stadium, their home away from home. Um, yeah, so it was an interesting mix, but you know, kudos to the, kudos to the Pies, big Mason down there, Stevenson, he's been brilliant, he will win the Rising Star. I know a number of pundits have said it over the last couple of days, but um, if you have a look at his game and what he's brought to that Collingwood team ever since his inclusion this year. He has been um, sensational. So um, he's doing everything right. Trelaw's doing everything right. Um, Lyndon Dunn and Jeremy Howe, you know, two people at um, Melbourne thought that they might uh, weren't going to get anything out of. They're doing what they... They just they are playing their role down back. Dunn played on Hogan yesterday, nullified him uh, virtually out of the game. Yep, slaps and claps. To the um to the Collingwood boys because uh, they've got a bit of an easier run floating in the next couple of weeks as well too and so cementing a top four spot is definitely not out of their realm. Um, one game that was I thought was going to be a bit of a belter, um, which turned into a bit of a fizzer was the Cats versus North and I think it might have just come down to simply two reasons: Geelong at home, uh, virtually hard to beat. And as uh, Sam Pang from the best television show relating to football, the Front Bar says. The little master, Gary Ablett, just turned it on for everybody to see. He was vintage. Like he, he played a game that a lot of people had, um, you could almost say, uh, written him off uh, a number of weeks ago. Was he able to get back into his best? Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, children of all ages, he hasn't just come out and done his best. He has come out and absolutely smashed it. The bloke's 35 years of age, and this is what he's had. He's had a casual... 34 disposals, five marks, eight tackles. Now, this is a guy who's got a busted wing. He is making tackles now. He's kicked one goal one and has just lit up GMHBA Stadium. There was no one to go with him. The Tomahawk, he's come out and kicked three. Good on him because, you know, he's so maligned over the last number of weeks. He's come out and had a, a rip of a game. Dangerfield's had his 24. Duncan's had his 22. Everybody was contributing across the board. It was only really Sean Higgins and Ben Cunnington who were able to do anything from North Melbourne's perspective. Um, uh, Sideshow Bob hardly kicked one over. He actually didn't kick one on the weekend. He probably had one of his worst games for the year, only with 11 disposal. I'm talking about Benny Brown. Um, but, but good on to the Cats. They are just doing what they need to do. I, are they going to be premiership material? I, I don't know, but they've got a good run down at GMHBA Stadium. We know that they're going to be hard to beat down there. As long as they keep winning down there and pinching a few more, they're sitting at fourth, that double chance is what they need. And if they get that double chance, watch out, ladies and gentlemen, because um, the Fab 3, now the Fab 4, including Mitch Duncan, they're starting to ramp up very, very nicely. Does it say much about North? Well, not really. I don't, my, my, vision, my, my view on North really hasn't changed at all. I think that they are... Nothing short of the best thing since sliced bread for season 2018. You could almost say that would be West Coast, but... You know, everybody had North Melbourne finishing last. Everybody. Even North Melbourne won't say it, but I reckon they did too. 
But, you know, they've done everything that they need to do. Um, next week, uh, they're fortunate to have the bye. So good on to them. Um, so they're going to have the bye. And then when they come back the week after that uh, for round 14, they're going to be having a nice little showdown with the Doggies, the battle at Marvel Stadium, the Doggies versus North on the Saturday night, the 23rd of June. Um, look, they'll bounce back for it. In, if you have a look over the weekend, the teams that have been up for a while have come back down to earth. Richmond had come down. Melbourne had come down. North had come down. Um, uh, Brisbane had played some pretty good football the last couple of weeks. They got beaten, unfortunately, by Essendon, who once again are um, they're doing what they need to as well. What, Essendon, you know, they are a slight chance to make the eight. Nothing would make me happier if they missed. Uh, but they are doing it. it was, you know, funny enough, it was the package finally delivered. Uh, it wasn't a game of return to sender. It was um, Jake Stringer doing something um, finally for the first, I believe, first time this year against uh, you know a, a very hard unit in the Brisbane Lions. Um, interesting, he's been doing stuff against uh, average teams and nothing against the good teams. Um, and by the way, just on that, how good was Hodgie in the Heppel? Oh, that was what football was all about. It was good to see that the uh, MRP decided to, hey, you know, we're not going to give this guy, give him a week for um, basically contesting the ball. Um, so funny, it was good to see that common sense was exactly common sense. You know, common sense um, is like deodorant, uh, the ones who need it most never use it. Uh, but in this case, the AFL applied the links effect and it was great to see. Um, I'm not going to spend too much of time on that, but I think the, the biggest disappointment to come out of the weekend, um, and it has not just been this weekend, and is a team that uh, are my nomination for this week's Great Pretend. Oh, yes, I'm the great So this week's Great Pretender goes to our famous team across the border over there in South Australia, and that is the Adelaide Crows. Once again, you have let your supporters down by going over to the beautiful Optus Stadium there and playing a team that hasn't hit water if they had fallen out of a boat applying their anchor, which is their logo, which is the Fremantle Dockers. You had gone over, yes, you've had your injuries, but they basically had their entire team out with Nat Fife not playing due to a suspension earlier in the week. And what did you decide to do? You decided to lose by three points. What's happened to you? I know you've had a bad injury run. We can see it. Probably the worst we've had this year. But you're nothing as what you were 12 months ago. There doesn't seem to be any heart from the group. There doesn't seem to be any passion in the group. There doesn't seem to be any desire in the group. Um, and there's rumblings coming out that there's disenchantment within the group. Mitch McGovern apparently wants to get out of his contract that he signed, um, I think, late last year because of salary cap pressure, which what he was told about. But then they've gone and signed up Bryce Gibbs on a, Bryce Gibbs on a much more substantial contract. That is definitely going to sh shoot the um, the wolf amongst the head house as well. You know what, Adelaide, you've, you, you really disappoint me. You're one of the strongest financial teams. You're almost a state team at one potential stage. You've got all the talent in your left nail, but you can't bring it together. And to be beaten by Fremantle, who have looked 
pretty much woeful for the entire 2018 season. To be beaten by three points, it's really disappointing for me. Um, mind you, we're, we're happy to see it because we don't really don't like them all that much. But to see you go out and put in that type of performance for the third week running um, is pretty disgusting. And if it wasn't for a late goal in the game um, to Miles Polky, it would have been nine points and it wouldn't have looked as nice as it is on paper today. So the Adelaide Crows, congratulations. You are the round 12 nominee for the Great Pretender. And I think this could be the first ever two-time nominee this season. So... Okay, trendsetters, there's another weekly edition of Laces Out. The Siren has played short and round due to a couple of teams having the bye. It'll click again this week. Hey, we're on more places than ever, so subscribe to us. Send us out to your mates. Um, we want to hear your feedback. Tell us what you like about us. Tell us what you'd like to hear. Hey, is there any guest interviews you want to see? We'll see what we can do. Um, like I said, we'll keep punching this out as long as you guys keep listening to it. I'm your host, Christopher Pepper, and if you're like me, you love your football. Laces Out. Have a great one.